welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. Let's take our Bible. Remember I said we were going to introduce what Pastor always led us in before? Let's get our Bible. Hallelujah. We've all brought our Bible to church today. Amen. Hallelujah. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe I am who he says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I can have. And now I'm about to receive the incorruptible, the ever-living, the never-dying seed of the Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. And as a result, I shall never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, our mind is alert today. We're continuing with um, our series on uh, renewing of the mind. And we've been, we've been learning about, you know, there's a war going on. Last week we were talking about there's a war going on. There's a war in our mind, war over our mind. For whatever controls your mind, basically controls your life. You're taking notes this morning. I hope more and more of you are taking notes. If you don't take notes or record it in your phone, it will take flight. You've nothing to look back on. It'll just take flight. So please buy a notebook this week, order a notebook online, whatever you to do, and encourage you to take notes. Let's grow together in God. Hallelujah. So for instance, if fear controls your mind, if it takes over, then your life is going to be governed by fear. That fear, that may be particular fear. Mom's going to testify this morning, so it could be a, what, a particular fear or just a series in line with something, but it will start to govern and control your life. So thoughts are powerful. They, as Robin said, they form our belief system. And whatever we start to think upon, then we start to, over time, we start to believe that. And then what happens, we start to speak that, and we start to act that. Um, thoughts, you know, they're suggestions. And we've got an imagination, so when a thought comes, often it'll come with images. Who knows what I'm talking about? I say elephant. You see the elephant right now, don't you? Some could be seeing a baby elephant. Others can see a big elephant. But that thought will come with images. It'll... It, Information comes through thought and it, um, it builds imagination. Where do thoughts come from? Thoughts come from our own, our own reasonings, thing, you know, whatever we've been reading, things we've been reading, what we've been watching, programs we've been watching, kids in school, they put the programs on, they're teaching them, those thoughts are going to come, beliefs are going to form. Um, so from our own Reasoning, reading, looking at, watching, observing, observing our parents, observing other people. Secondly, as we looked at last week and more in depth, Satan and his demons, they attempt to 
plant thoughts in our mind. So Satan and his, his that, that demonic realm, they try and plant thoughts. They'll try and plant thoughts of fear. They'll try and plant thoughts of worry. They'll try and plant thoughts of doubt in your mind. Thirdly, thoughts come from God. Thoughts come from God through his word. As we're singing, when we're singing his word, you know, thoughts come. Whoever's been driving along, all of a sudden, this a song bubbles up in your heart. And you're, you're singing that. You're thinking about the goodness of God. Keeps running after me. The goodness, the faithfulness. Of God. And you're there, there you start to think that way. The goodness of God. Amen. So your mind is called to agree with this word. And that is what's called renewing of the mind. Called to agree with the word. So you could think um, the Bible is a collection of God's thoughts. This is what God thinks. About every subject. And then it was spoken and it's written down for us. But this is a collection of what God thinks. Whoever turns to their friend or neighbor and you're, you're maybe planning something or you're going off for a day trip or you're way up the morn or something and you say, well, what do you think? Where should we go? What do you think? Where should we go? And whatever that person thinks, they speak it out. They express it. So... Um, the Word of God's collection of what God thinks about everything. It's our manual. It's our manual for living. You know, you wouldn't think of going to, uh, well, some guys in here probably are that whiz at fixing things. But, you know, if I went to try and fix my washing machine, I would have to look up my manual to fix that washing machine. If, I, you know, if a car mechanic, he's going to have to look up his manual, find out that car, find out that, you know, the parts needed for that particular car. Well, this is our manual. This is what we go to. And we go to it every day. We have a reading plan. Amen. We're memorizing scripture. Maybe scripture we have written out little cards. We're memorizing that. So, hallelujah. This word is given to straighten out our thinking. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light onto my path. Hallelujah. That's the word of God for us. This is how we learn to be an overcomer. This is how we learn to be victorious. This is how we learn what God has done for us, who he has made us. Like we said, you know, we believe all that he says that we are, who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. It's by meditating on this word. You know, um, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah, we're reading verses like that. He always causes us to triumph in every situation, in every circumstances. I am an overcomer. I always triumph. I always have the victory in Jesus' name. And so when the enemy will want to plant doubts that, oh, you, you, you little things, you're never going to come up out of this after this. You hit him with the word. You say, yes, I am, because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am victorious. Hallelujah, I'm an overcomer. That we're, so it's the word, amen? Knowing who we are in Christ, knowing that we're, we're loved, knowing that we're chosen, knowing that we're healed, knowing we're forgiven, knowing that we're provided for, knowing whether we are protected, knowing that we're not under condemnation, knowing that we're free in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Knowing. And it enriches our lives. It enriches our praise. It enriches our worship. Because the more we know the Word of God, we're not just 
singing the same phrase. And that's okay when you're learning to, like this morning, who, was there anybody in here who was engaged in a free praise for the first time? Anybody lift up your hands? Any, was that a first for anyone? When, when you were just talking to the Lord and tell him how, how wonderful he is and you weren't just singing the words of a song someone had written. It's wonderful to be able to do that. And God loves to hear our own words praise him. He loves it. He loves it. So we're going to be doing more and more of that. More free praise. More free worship. Hallelujah. Because the Lord loves that. So we've been looking at Romans and Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And we're homing in in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In the New Living Translation, this reads, verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So how are you transformed into a new person to change the way you think? By changing the way you think. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you've got to change the way you think. I want us to hear that louder. Come on. You've got to change the way you think. Because, you know, when we come to God, when we get born again, it's only that spirit. It's only our spirit becomes new. We still look the same. We think the same. The minute we're saved, we're still thinking the same things. It's it's over time. It's it's over days, it's over weeks, and it's over years that we our thinking starts to change. And the fastest way to, that our thinking changes is the more we meditate on this word, the more we think God's thoughts, the more we think like God. Because we're thinking, oh, well, no, I, I don't believe that. I believe this because it's the way God thinks about this situation. And so we're being changed. You know, some people are waiting for God to wab back them, whop them over the head, and I'm changed. It will not happen that way. Your spirit has been made new. You were, we're new creations in Christ Jesus. But for your mind, he is not going to come along and change your mind. He's waiting for you to change your mind and get in this book like never before. Some people, you know, they think, oh, Pastor Karen or someone, will you pray for me? Will you pray that I'm not thinking those things? And you pray, I can pray for you, but it's not going to change your mind. Because God didn't say, be transformed by Pastor Karen or a pastor praying over you. He said, be transformed by changing your mind, by the renewing of your mind. So it's so important that we change the way we think. You know, who's thought of, last week I was talking about many beliefs, the things that we think, and even into adulthood, can be formed when we were children. You know, you've heard the story, well, I'm going to use this story, about the, 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 the ham and this new bride, she was cooking a lovely roast ham for her husband. 
And he was watching her, you know, they're in the kitchen together. They just love birds and they couldn't be apart. And this was his first nice roast ham meal that she's making for her new husband. And so he watched her cut the ends of this ham before putting it in the oven. She said, he says, you know, honey, why are you cutting the good ends of that ham off? Uh, it looks perfectly good to me to be able to cook. And she says, well, that's the way my mum always did it. So I suppose that's the way I do it. And so she pondered this, and uh, later that day she phoned her mom. She says, Mom, um, why did you cut the ends of the ham off before you would go roast it? She says, well, that's a good question, dear. I suppose I learned that from my mum. So this new bride, she said, well, I'll go to Granny and find out. Granny's going to know. Because we're, after all, we're following her nice, you know, glaze on this roast ham. Phone Granny. Granny, can you tell me why Mum and why I, we cut the ends of the ham off, we throw it away. She says, what? Seems very strange. Why would you do that? Why would you cut the ends of the ham off? Good ham, throw it away. I don't understand that. Well, we watched you. Mum said she watched you do that. And she thought for a minute. She said, oh, I only did that because it wouldn't fit my pan. It went into the oven. So you see how little belief systems are formed. You know, assumptions. How many How many of us, and I, I'm in, the here, in guilty, how many of us just assume things? Somebody did this, somebody said that. Oh, so they must mean this. And because we didn't get to take the time to find out or get with that person, we formed our own assumption. We formed our own belief system as to how that whole situation happened. And then sometimes when you get opportunity, it doesn't always happen. And here's the deadly thing about that. Because you don't always take the time or get the opportunity to see if that assumption was right. You always believe that assumption, and often it's wrong. But when you do get to talk with that person, you go, oh, I picked it up all wrong. Hands up who's ever been there. Yeah. So it's so, so important the way has changed, we think. You know, things like, um, I know that this whole idea has changed so much over the last number of years, but girls, oh, girls aren't supposed to play football. You know, um, boys aren't supposed to cry. We're not supposed, it's not good to show our emotions in public. Don't, you know, don't be teary in public and things like that, you know. Um, and... It's all beliefs, and not all of it's right. So we change the way we think in line with the Word of God. Last week, as I said, we talked about we're in a spiritual battle. Satan and his demons, they're trying to control us, and they do it through lies and through deception. They can deceive. They can tell you a lie, and you can swallow that lie, and you start believing that lie. Then they've got you, because you, that forms your belief system. Then you start to speak out that lie. You'll start to say it, and our words have power power over our life. Matthew 12 and 27 in the Passion translation, Matthew 12 27 says and you can be sure of this when the day of judgment comes everyone will be held accountable for every careless word. Some translations will use for every worthless word for every untrue word, for every useless word that he has spoken. Your very words will be used as evidence against you. 
and your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. I've been rushing through that part because I want to give mum time. Come on ahead, mum. I'm, I'm so grateful for mum's going to come and give us a great example of how the enemy has used this in her life that we can relate to. Um, this testimony is um, it's very it's personal because that's what a testimony is. Isn't it? It's personal. So I'm just going to start at the beginning and say that we were just in ministry at the church at this time. I think it was just Stephen and uh, Karen and Stephen were born at this time and uh, they were in bed and we were waiting up. You've probably heard a wee bit of this story. We were waiting up before God one night and uh, so we had fasted and prayed, which we usually did on a Monday. And we were waiting up and the fire was on and it's been winter time. And we were sitting in two armchairs at that fire. And you know, sometimes a fire can do certain things. It can release a wee bit of gas and so forth. Well, this is what happened. I was sitting there and I, this, I was looking at this coal of fire. I was just meditating on the word. And this uh, lion's head came before me with a spouting out, it was spouting out, it came out, gas came out of his mouth, and uh, definitely, that was the, the lion, the roaring lion, and uh, then just that died down, and beside it was the coal, it was in the shape of a lamb, and lamb was there, Jesus was there, but that was a vision really, it was I don't know if you call it a vision or what, but I saw it, we saw it, John saw it too, that the enemy was out in front. You know, he's in front all the time. And that's why Jesus said, I am with you. Through any battle, through anything. That's why we have to uh, pray for those in, in leadership, you know, in pastors, elders those that teach the word of God and um, we have to pray for them because they're out in the front line you know so I'll just read that to you first uh, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honour especially those who labour in the word and in doctrine so we didn't have a church, as I said, at that time. There wasn't many people praying for us. We just had to pray, you know, and seek the Lord. But we started the prayer meetings. Anyway, during this time, we had a phone call one night from John's brother, Anthony. And he, he told us that his wife, Margaret, they hadn't been married long. It was, uh, Paul was about at the time but his wife uh, Margaret was expecting her second baby and uh, he told us well we were waiting for news from that because she was actually three days over her due time so I thought this is going to be good news he's answered his phone but he phoned um, crying and in a terrible way to say that Margaret had taken a brain hemorrhage and was in hospital. So um, he said that 
couldn't move. So we went over first and prayed. I went over first because John, I don't know, he seemed weird ever since, just wind up, but he came after us. So when I uh, spoke to Anthony, I said, we'll get together and pray for Margaret. And we went up faith in God. By this time, the others who came down from London, there was a house for waiting at uh, where Anthony was staying. So anyway, it ended up, we prayed for her. But there's things that happened. The the medical staff wouldn't let us in at times. We could hear. And uh, we were a wee bit... We, we could hear this machine. She was just on this life support. Anyhow, she passed away. And um, we were in a terrible state because young in ministry, just going with the word of God. We were just starting our work in ministry, laying on of hands and healing and reading all about it. It was the enemy, first of all, just to knock our confidence, take us out of the way, but it was a terrible time anyway, as you can imagine, for the family. But anyway, I'm just going over this very quickly, but when when we came home, uh, we were just still in a state of shock, really, you know, and uh, wanted to help in any way we could. We were willing to take baby, we took the baby away, she's fine today. Um, we saw her in a wee crib, and we wanted the whole family would take her home if this helps in any way to wear her a wee bit first. But that didn't happen because she took her to London to the sisters. Anyway, I was sitting one day by myself, and um, not thinking of anything, but we were in trauma. We were in a state of confusion and trauma, searching the word, you know, and. Uh, I was just sitting there, not thinking really about anything, and into my mind came, you're going to die. That's the only way. Because I just had news that I was expecting another baby. Jonathan was uh, three months, and it came into that time that I was vulnerable. And um, after the death of Margaret as well, so, do you know, it just hit me like a brick just went in there. I accepted that, stupidly. And this is what we're, we're saying, don't accept the lies of the enemy. But uh, just search the scriptures, trust God and rebuke the enemy. But he came in on the back of all of that. I accepted it and I believed it. I can't believe myself today that I, I took that in. But it's, you know, just to be careful if you're down or if you're depressed about anything. And the enemy is just waiting for that time and he'll tell you stuff. You have to please throw it away. It's not of God. But I accepted, this is my testimony. I, um, I told John, I said, pray for me because I, I'm, I'm going to. I just feel I'm going to die. Just, this is my third child. and I mean, there was nothing wrong. I was in better health than ever. With all of the pregnancies, there was nothing wrong. Nothing I could point to it. Or, in fact, all of my life, 
like that. I there was nothing. I hardly went to the doctor, and any any time anybody had flu and colds around me, I was the one that nursed them. So it's so stupid, wasn't it, to say that to think this is going to happen to you? But anyway, I accepted that as I said, but. It wasn't there all the time. I want to stress that also. Because we went on further into the ministry. And of course, you know my testimony in ministry. We started then going in, evangelizing in the church eventually. But this every now and again, especially in spiritual heights, whenever there was, a, there was a meetings or conferences, camps, whatever, of course the enemy's busy anyway. But with me, he was busy. And it affected me mostly, I think, um, during when I was pregnant. The next baby was David, and they, I had, I say, I couldn't tell anybody. Only John, John only knew, but he, he, he didn't understand either. He said, "That's not, not right. Don't go on a night. Don't, don't accept it." But I'd already accepted it, so he was working on that, the enemy. So. With David, everything was fine, but then every now and again, this would hit me, and it seemed to be getting worse. I seemed to be getting a wee bit depressed at this time. So anyway, I went on after I did what the Lord asked me to do. I was speaking or giving testimony or whatever I was doing with with John. I was fine, praying for people, good, because as I said, it wasn't there all the time, and I was able to get over it most times. So the next pregnancy was Deborah, and it was still with me then. Came the devil, we now moved into Maxwell Road, and I remember going up to the room where the children were at night, and I would cry over them. I was getting really down. It was just, you're going to die, and you know, just wait until that time, I'm going to die. Honestly, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but I'm just sharing my heart with you. But I don't want anybody to go through what I went through because it was a terrible, those years, when I look back on them, sometimes days were wasted, you know. But anyway, I, I carried on and stayed. She said I couldn't share with anybody because, you know, it was just... You wouldn't want to share that testimony or with anybody and just praise God through it all. Anyway, then, with with Deborah and I carried on. And I don't know that any of the children knew. I've seen me maybe being down at one stage, but <laughs> Karen, I think, maybe knew. You said the other day that her dad came to her one day and said, Karen, You'll have, you'll have to hurry out. You'll have to get taken over your mom's position because she she's going to die. She feels she's going to die. So you'll have to learn all the tricks and tricks. <laughs> but um, I didn't know that then. But anyway. Uh, so with Deborah, and this is my fifth child. And you know it's a busy life anyway. So I was busy with the children. I loved my children. And... I just, somebody else said, much, and the enemy then would come to me and say, you're going to die, and somebody else is going to raise your children. And, you know, it was very, very terrible. And uh, and then the next thing he would say, 
you watch all those girls coming in. Your husband's going to marry again. And you, you, they're going to raise your children. And honestly, it went worse and worse because I still didn't, sh- I couldn't shove it off. And I was reading the word as well. But, you know, God says there's a time for everything. And there was a time when this happened. And I just tell you, I'm very I was, as I said, don't don't think I was a depressed character at all. I wasn't. It was just at this particular time. And um, one day, I, John had gone in, on into bed. And, uh, he just like praying in the bedroom. He'd gone on. And I, I was getting ready for bed and just ready, really, to hop in. But <laughs> I... I had one leg in the bed like that, and God spoke to me through the. He said, Job 5 27, 26 27. I didn't know what that was. And as soon as I got in, I, no, I got out of bed again, just sat down, read the scripture, and I couldn't believe it. I'll read you the scripture. This is what this just the scripture came, and you had to look it up. You shall not come to the grave at a full age. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not believing that. Get out, my Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, my goodness, breath of grave. You shall come to the grave at a full age. As a sheaf of grain ripens in its season. Behold, this we have searched out. It is true. Hear it and know it for yourself. What a scripture. The Lord could have just been standing in front of me and just saying that. Well, do you know, I, first of all, didn't, didn't say to John, first my reaction was, I was free. I, I, the whole thing lifted off me. And I, I jumped around the room. I was dancing around the room. Praise the Lord. That's great. My God. You're so wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm free. And I turned the door. What's wrong with me? Why? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> so then I had to tell him. So the both of us were rejoicing and blessing the Lord. It's a, it was a wonderful experience, as you imagine. I'm free from that time. The enemy cannot come at me with any of his lies. Like, you're going to die. Oh, just what we've been saying and just what we've been hearing these past few weeks. You know, you're no good. You're, who's going to listen to you? And all of this sort of thing. Put him down and put him under your feet. For that's where he belongs. That is the best place for him. You tramp on him in Jesus' name. So, Yes, he will try. I'm saying, I'm free. I'm free from that time that he spoke to me. And never again has he even come with that to me. Because he knows. He knows. God's word set me free. And that's what I'm saying to you today, that you go to the word of God, but get a scripture to say, Lord, I need you, Lord, to speak to me. He will speak to you. You have to wait upon God. But this particular time, I, I didn't ask. I wasn't asking God. I was just getting into bed as normal. And 
that was a sign. But that was God's time to release me and set me. I have no. It was six years between Deborah and Joy, and I haven't, I haven't written the actual date that this happened, you know, but it was between that time that I, that I was set free. So with Joy, I had a tremendous time praising God all through that pregnancy. The enemy never once, never once, called Joy. Praise the Lord. I had joy, peace and joy. Karen and Stephen and Jonathan, there was none of that. Jonathan, Jonathan, with David and Deborah because of that situation in England. That was a, a terrible thing, but that was traumatic. We came in the back of it. I accepted it, and the name of Jesus is gone, and I'm free. Praise God! Those that are free are free indeed. Hallelujah! So that was just about it. But you know, in Timothy, we're told to. Uh, we're told to test the spirits because there's many spirits out there that will want to speak, you know. But God speaks. He's, he's, he speaks. He's the last word. Yes. Um, it's First John 4 and 1. And it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, <clears throat> but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So that's right. We test the spirits. And if it doesn't sit well with us, if we are depressed, because you know when God speaks to you, you're never depressed. You're praising God and you're free. That's how you know. So I took that on and I, I got that depression. Not, not a whole depression, but I was dying with it, so to say. So praise God. That's, that those testimonies that Karen asked me to share because of the situation and the, the teaching that we're having at this time. So please, I just want to just say to you, don't do as I did. Just test the spirits. If, if you feel it's something that's coming to your mind or heart, whatever way you feel it, then you have to think, is that right? Is that God's word? You look up. Is it God's word? Or, you know, what have I to do with that? And it's how you feel in there. As I said, if it's a shock to you, if, it's a, if it makes you feel down, don't accept it. Because God will never do that. His word is truth. His word is not a lie. And it will come to pass. Trust him in Jesus' name. Okay. Thank you. Amen. It's not a powerful testimony. Hallelujah. A mom is free. Free today. Hallelujah. But I thought that would be good for us to, so we can, you know, remember that. And she's, you know, he is sneaky and he tries to come at those times when we're vulnerable. But you know that when the word came, mom's getting into bed, the word came. She had a choice there and then she received that word. When the word comes, receive it. Amen? That word comes, receive it. Just have to 
musicians up, um, worship team up, thanks. Word comes, receive it, hallelujah. You know, Psalm 119 says, in verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It settles. The word of God in your life, it settles. His word is settled. Hallelujah. So get God's word in the situation. Get his thought. That's his thoughts. Get his word on it and apply it. Renew your mind ever before. Amen? And I tell you, it's always been important to renew your mind, to change your thinking. But as the day of the Lord approaches, it's more crucial than ever before that we have a change of mind, change it according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.